Hi there, dear listener. Lazlo here with a quick pre-roll message for you. Before we get started, I want to let you know there are all kinds of convenient ways for you to support my efforts to bring you all these podcast shows on Chinese history, Chinese sayings, and tea history. If you go to my website at teacup.media and click the support button at the top, you'll find a bunch of ways to show some appreciation. There's Patreon, where you can get early access to new episodes, exclusive content, and an invite to the Teacup Media Discord channel, and more. CHP Premium, that also has early access, exclusive episodes, and ad-free versions of the entire CHP back catalog. Plus, there's several other ways to donate to the show as well. Check the episode show notes for a link to that very page. And my deepest thanks for listening and supporting me and my humble efforts. Hey everyone, another week, another Chung Yu. Laszlo Montgomery here, Chinese Sayings Podcast, for a second time in a row, I might add. We're back in the final years of the Qin Dynasty. Today we look at an old saying that many of us with lofty goals and great ambitions might be able to relate to. Hong Hu This is one of my faves, and a useful one to boot. But before we get into the interesting backstory for Hong Hu Let's put these four characters on the dissecting table and get to know their individual meanings and see if we can figure out what these four syllables all add up to. Sometimes you can guess the meaning at once, but most of the time, if you don't know the story, you won't be able to decipher the meaning. Hong Hu A Hong, that's a swan or a goose. Hu also means a swan. In fact, just combine the two characters into Hong Hu, and this is the word for a swan. It also has another meaning that comes from the story I'm about to tell. And there are other words for swans, too. Honghu being one of them. Jir, first tone, once again, is a possessive particle that sort of acts as the Chinese version of our English apostrophe. And it has other meanings besides that. Won't get into them now. And the last character, jir, fourth tone, means will or aspirations, ambitions. Four characters combined... A swan's ambitions. Hmm, that could be anything. Anyways, let's see where Hong Hu came from. As I said, this story came from the excruciating last years of the Qin Dynasty. Qin Shi Huang, gone all too soon, though many would beg to argue, the whole Ying family of the Qin Emperor going back so many hundreds of years, as soon as they hit the big time and conquered all the remaining warring states and unified China... They lasted barely a decade and it was over. Last episode, we discussed Po Fu Chenzhou, Xiang Yu's bold order to smash the pots and burn the boats and take the fight to the Qin army or bust. Today's story precedes all of that Chu Han contention backstory. Today, we look at the Da Xiang uprising and the story of Chen Sheng and his number two guy Wu Guang. Almost any history book will tell you. The Dazixiang uprising was important because that was the first peasant rebellion that erupted following the death of Qin Shi Huang in 210 BCE. Following the Dazixiang uprising, others felt emboldened enough to rise up, and suddenly there were many rebellions, big and small, happening everywhere in the Qin Empire. And as I said, it was all over in 202 BCE with Liu Bang founding the Han Dynasty. Da Xiang was just south of Suzhou, 
not the famous Suzhou of Jiangsu, the lesser-known Suzhou of Anhui Province. Chen Sheng and Wu Guang were a couple of hicks from the farmlands of Henan, who were now minor officers in the Qin Army. Chen Sheng was leading his battalion to an area northwest of Beijing called Miyun County. If they ever build an eighth or ninth ring road, that'll pass right through there. Chen Sheng, along the way, encountered these logistical problems, and his troops got stuck in the mud, and their march fell way behind schedule. Anyways, Chen Sheng knew he wasn't going to make it to the fort on time, and the penalty for that was death. Remember, this is the Qin Dynasty. Legalism, no messing around. If you broke the rules, you paid for it. No parole or plea bargaining. Rather than face certain death by showing up late, Chen Sheng decided to rebel instead. And not only did his troops join in, and this wasn't a whole army, it was less than a thousand men, but so great was the secret hatred of the Qin Dynasty. Upon hearing of Chen Sheng's uprising, many others spontaneously rose up too, and they joined his rebel army. You see, Many, many years before Chen Sheng and the Dazixiang uprising, Chen Sheng was just another Qin dynasty farmer pulling a plow with his oxen in the fields of Henan. Even though he was just a mere peasant of no consequence, that didn't mean he was complacent with his lot in life. After a full day of hard work in the fields, dreaming away about his future, Chen Sheng used to tell his pals, Hey, if any of us ever makes it to the big time, if one of us ever gets rich or attains power, whoever that is must come back and spread the good fortune to the others. And his friends would all just laugh at him and tell him he was born a peasant and he'd die a peasant and don't have such lofty goals and ambition. This was the countryside and there was nothing else beyond their village and certainly not beyond their county that was of any concern to them. Well, no less a man than Sima Qian himself in the Shiji, in his masterwork, The Records of the Grand Historian, he retold this story for posterity and mentioned in the chapter Chen Sheng Shijia that when Chen plowed his fields and listened to the discouragement of his friends, he said the famous words, Yan Chue, Hong Hu How can a mere finch understand the great ambitions of a swan? So Chen Sheng expressed his great ambitions this way and scoffed at his fellow villagers whose hopes and dreams didn't go beyond the walls of their small Henan village. Well, July 209 BCE came Chen Sheng's big chance. He was the man with the Honghu Zhizhir, the ambitions of a swan. He was thrust upon the national stage. Well, his chance came and it went. This revolt that began in the Anhui countryside lasted for six months before it was put down by the Qin general Zhang Han. He was the same guy from last episode. If you recall, his unbeatable army ended up getting beaten by Xiang Yu. Chen Sheng wasn't the right kind of leader. As soon as he got a whiff of success, it all went to his head, and before you knew it, he was declaring himself a king and took his eye off the ball. Zhang Han's forces snuffed this Dazixiang uprising out by the end of the year, and that was that. Honghu, a swan. Zhi, ambition or will. Honghu zhi zhi, the ambitions of a swan. You have great ambitions, so a Honghu is not only a swan, it's also a word that, thanks to this story from the Shi Ji, 
describe someone who wants to go out into the world and do something with their life. So that is the absolute skinny on the well-known and well-worn Chengyu Honghu Zhizhi. I do hope you enjoyed that. And Honghu, those are two very nice-looking Chinese characters. Next time you're thinking about your next tattoo and like to wear your ambition on your sleeve, no pun intended. Thanks for listening, everyone. This has been my greatest pleasure. I'll see you next time. I hope. I promise to go dig up another good one for you. This is, as always, Lazla Montgomery signing off from Los Angeles, California. It's sunny and beautiful here. You should come visit. I look forward to seeing you all next time for another useful and thought-provoking Chinese saying here at the podcast that well, stays true to its name: the Chinese Sayings Podcast. You know, we had to pay a marketing consultant seventy-five thousand dollars to come up with that name for us, but it was perfect. See you next time.